You're listening to the What The Fab podcast, where empowered women empower women through candid conversations, inspiring stories, and tangible tips. I'm your host, Elise Armitage. I'm a digital creator, and I left my nine to five job at Google to chase my dreams of being an entrepreneur. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get into some real talk. Hey there, and welcome back to the What the Fab podcast. Today, we're chatting about a topic that has just been on my mind lately for whatever reason, and that is giving and receiving feedback. And both are really hard in different ways, but so, so important. And I just thought that we could kind of chat about it today because I just was thinking of like different examples and like situations in my life where I've either given or received feedback and it's been like so, so helpful or situations where someone like really was resentful because I was trying to give them feedback and it's like, dude, like I'm just trying to help you out here. But I know it's like so easy for me to say that because I'm the one giving feedback. But anyways, I wanted to kind of dive into that topic today. Before we jump into discussing that, a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast through whatever platform it is that you're listening through. And also go ahead and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts because that's what helps me grow the show. Okay, so talking about feedback, the first thing that I think of is when I used to work at Google and we had to do like conversations and workshops around radical candor. (laughs) And I'm sure I haven't read the book. There's like an actual book called Radical Candor. I'm sure it's got great information in there. But when it just gets like digested and spit out as like a corny workshop in a corporation. It's just like such an eye roll. And it makes me laugh so hard because I think of the Silicon Valley episode where there's that guy that they hire as their COO. And he's like, I practice radical candor. And it's basically just his excuse to like be an asshole and say horrible things. And then at one point he's like, well, the first tenet of Radcan is blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It just made me laugh so hard. That show, I miss that show so much, especially like working in tech. They just did such a good job of like having cameos from people in tech. Like they had Kara Swisher in an episode. I had just seen her give a talk at Google. They had Jack Dorsey. Like they just really pulled out all the stops and then like everything they did, it was just so like, it was just so spot on. Like, yes, some of it was exaggerated, but when I saw the Radical Candor episode, I just like, I fucking laughed my ass off because I had to go through a training that they did. Somebody from my team led about radical candor. And it was just like, oh my God, give me a fucking break. I do, like I said, there are a lot of things about the idea of it that makes sense. I mean, essentially radical candor is just the idea that you can like challenge something or give feedback on something while still showing that you care about the person at the same time. So like, how can you give feedback and make it a positive experience, like truly genuinely positive for both sides? That in and of itself totally makes sense. Like I get it. I'm with you. That's like so ideal, but just the way it gets all like jargonized and like used in a corporate setting is just like, it's such an eye roll. So when I think about giving feedback at Google, it was something that I actually got, I think, and based on feedback that I received, 
pretty good at towards the end of my time there. I was at Google for a little over five years. And I think of like two main examples come to mind of where I gave feedback and it was received, even though I'm, I was still the same person, I was giving it in the same way. It was received so differently because of the people that were on the receiving end. So one like took it like a champ, like with grace and made actual improvements from it. And the other one, not so much. So we're going to talk about both of them. So the first one was when I was the global program manager for International Women's Day. So I talked about this in episode number two, all about how and why I chose to leave Google and blog full time. I go into a lot of detail on this global event series that I was the lead for. So I was leading a a pretty large team of event planners and program managers and engineers and people on the dev side to put on these events all around the world. And so there was a woman that I was working really closely with and she was a pretty unique person at Google. Super smart lady and I think, you know, we, we worked together really, really well. We had a really good relationship and we really, you know, tag teamed and she was more on the dev side. So I was on the event side, she was on the dev side and our main event was in Mountain View because that is where Google's headquarters are. So, you know, think like 300, 350 people attending the main event. And so she did the like closing remarks And she was a good public speaker, but she was at a place in her life where she was going through a major breakup with somebody who was like someone she thought was her life partner, like going to get married, have babies with. I think they'd been together like eight years. So it was obviously a really hard time for her. And she just came at those closing remarks with this like, fuck the patriarchy, like fuck the man (laughs) type of energy. And it was honestly just really too aggressive, especially because the entire day had been so like uplifting and positive and all of these talks that just had you in this like, just in this vibe of like, yeah, like, yes, female empowerment and everything. Like I've got this, I can do this. I've learned things. I'm inspired. And then it's sort of those closing remarks kind of like took down the energy a bit. It just felt like this weird like contrast. And someone else from the team who was like a more senior kind of lead on the team was chatting with me after the event. He was like, yeah, those remarks were just like, they didn't work. And I said like, yeah, I agree. And he was like, yeah, who do you think should give her that feedback? And I'm like, probably the global program manager for this event series. And he's like, yeah, I think so. So I knew that I had to give that feedback and it was a tricky spot because I like this person. I didn't want to hurt her feelings. I knew she was in a vulnerable spot just in her life personally. We had a really good working relationship and I did not want to damage that and I didn't want to make her feel bad, but those remarks could not, she was giving closing remarks again at another event at another Google office and like we just could not have that. Like they had to be changed. They had to be different. So I gave her that feedback and I said, you know, I thought that your words from your closing remarks were very powerful. They had a lot of energy behind them. I do feel like it was sort of a mismatch of energy between the content from the rest of the day and how uplifting and inspiring it was versus ending it on kind of a a negative undertone, a negative note that was kind of like underlying your your messaging. And I feel like for the next event, we should kind of tweak that a little bit. 
And I had asked her before I dove into this feedback, I I said, like, are you open to me sharing some feedback on your closing remarks? And, you know, I saw her kind of tense up a little bit, but she said, yes, I'd like to hear your feedback. And so I, I shared that with her. And she was like, okay, I will think about that. I'll take that. Thank you. And I will rework my closing remarks. This episode is brought to you by Flowdesk. Flowdesk is an incredible email marketing service provider, and they are the platform that I use for my email campaigns for What the Fab. The platform is so intuitive and easy to use. It's very drag and drop. And best of all, it's aesthetic AF. The templates are beautiful, and you can easily add your own brand colors to it to make sure that your emails look and feel like you. I used to use MailChimp back in the day, but after trying Flowdesk out about a year ago, I was in love and I know you will be too. You can give Flowdesk a try for 30 days free. And if you want to keep them, which I know you will, you can use my referral link to lock in a 50% off price at $19 a month and lock that in forever. You can get this offer and try it for free at whatthefab.com slash Flowdesk. And that is spelled F-L-O-D-E-S-K. That's whatthefab.com slash flowdesk. I can't wait to see what stunning emails you create. Okay, let's get back to the episode. So at the next event, she totally changed her messaging and it was much more like, it was still like, you know, all about like female empowerment, independence and everything, but it was much more positive and uplifting. And after she did her closing remarks, she came right up to me and she was like, how is that? And I said, it was excellent. You killed it. And that was just, I feel like a really good example of somebody who, you know, even though it was kind of, it's, it's hard to hear that feedback that like, Hey, you stood up there in in front of 350 people. And I think you kind of botched it. Obviously I, I said it much more gently than that. It's hard to hear that, take that, internalize it, and then do something with it. But she did, she changed her course of action for the next event and totally killed it. It, didn't damage our relationship at all. And if only, if anything, I think it strengthened it because she and I knew that like this was a safe space and we could give each other honest feedback. Now, on the other hand, (laughs) I remember again, towards the end of my time at Google, there was a new gal on the team and she had like done events for politicians and had this like fancy background and our team like our team was pretty scrappy like I think people think oh Google like you've got so much money like no we had like you know maybe a a few thousand dollars for like a small event of a hundred people so you know we had to do a lot of things ourselves. Like if I wanted to have a fun photo booth situation with like a cool backdrop and props and stuff, like I was making the backdrops. Like I was buying the things to like hot glue and like put together a cute backdrop. And so we were doing this like summer event and the theme was something having to do with like summer and making it fun. It was a women's event. And so I, I had put together this like fun backdrop And we were doing these little like inflatable, you know, those like little mini floaties. So it's like a swan floaty, but it's like tiny and it's for the size of like a cup. So we had this like cute kind of tiered shelf with all these little floaties on it, or that was the vision. And then as people left, they could like grab a floaty and there were different kinds. There was like a swan, a flamingo, a unicorn, like all these different ones. So they could take it with them like as they left the event and just have it for like their summer pool parties. So that meant that we had to inflate like 150 of these floaties. And so myself and my teammate that was also leading the co-leading the event with me, we had asked for a 
a volunteer that was really typical with our team. Like we'd ask for a volunteer or two to help with setting up the event. And so this new gal joined and her manager had told me like, okay, this will be her first event that she'll be working on with our team. So if you could just like show her the ropes, I'm like, yeah, of course, it'll be great to like have an extra set of hands to help out. So I'm noticing that like, as we are getting closer and closer to showtime to doors open, like I'm not getting the help that I need. I'm not getting the support that I need from her. We all were like blowing up these these inflatable floaties. We had these little, you know, those machines that help inflate. And she was kind of like, I could tell she was grumpy that she had to do this, which it's like, we do some of the most random shit. Like when, you know, you, if you do events, you know, like you just, you do what you need to do to get it done. And it's not always glamorous. Sometimes it's super glamorous. Sometimes it's super not. And you're like peeling like stickers off of products or whatever it is just to like make every experience that's part of the event seamless and beautiful. So I could tell that she was annoyed that she had to do this task. I was doing it. My teammate was doing it. And she was kind of like, she was half-assing it. She would like kind of stick the inflatable, the machine into the inflatable, wasn't really paying attention if it was staying in the hole. She had her laptop out and she was like dicking around on her laptop. And I was like, okay, we've got an hour till doors open and I really need this to not be a thing right now. My teammate asked me like, oh my God, should we say something? Like, it's so awkward. She's new, but like, don't you think that as a new person, you would want to like help out and not, you know, give this kind of impression where you're just like half-assing it. So I was like, I'll handle it. So I just came up to her and I was like, hey, thank you again so much for volunteering with us. It's so great to have your help. We really appreciate it. You know, we've got an hour left until doors open. I'm getting a little bit nervous that these inflatables aren't done yet. And, you know, I just wanted to share with you that usually when we as a team are setting up for an event, we're like in full on event mode. We've got our laptops away and we're just like focused on doing the thing and getting it done. So if you don't mind, I'd really appreciate it if you could put your laptop away and just focus on the task at hand. And she's like, oh yeah, okay, sure. And she she did that, but it literally, she like never forgave me for that. <laughs> and I felt like that was a pretty mild piece of feedback to share. Like, hey, on this team, I know you're new here, but when we're doing, when we're in event mode, we're in event mode and we're not like checking emails and like farting around on our laptops. We're like, getting the thing done. And she just could not look me in the eye after that. And it was interesting. Like I just, I sensed it from her. She was like, I don't know if she was afraid of me, if she hated me, if she didn't like me because of that. We were at an event a few months later and it was um, like a week long conference. And we had a team dinner after one of the days of events. It's like a very long week with tons of events going on. And we were sitting down for dinner and the only spot open was a seat next to me. And she came in and she saw that that was the only spot open and she like started to sit down and I could tell she did not want to sit next to me. And then a spot opened up because a server brought like an extra chair at the opposite end of the table. And she literally stopped sitting down next to me, got up and moved to the opposite end of the table. So she didn't have to sit next to me. And I was like girlfriend, like get it together. Like I'm not that scary of a person. I gave you a small piece of feedback one time. Like 
I'm over it. Like you should be too. But she just couldn't get past it. And I really wish that like she had and that we had been able to just move forward because it like it really was not that big of a deal. I wasn't like, oh my God, you're totally useless. You don't know what you're doing. I, it was just a piece of feedback that I needed to share in that moment. But yeah, she really, she really did not like me after that. So those were kind of two opposite experiences I had at Google giving feedback. I can also talk about a couple instances of receiving feedback at Google. So Google, I mean, it's so layered it's, you know, it's a huge corporation. And so one thing that really rubbed me the wrong way was receiving feedback filtered down through different people or different managers. So like if somebody else's manager, not mine, on the team had feedback about the way that I handled something at an event, it would get filtered from that manager to my manager and then down to me. And at that point, it's like a game of telephone one time. So we had this sort of transition where our team was based in Mountain View, actually in Sunnyvale, which is even like further, like 15 or 20 minutes further south than Mountain View. So that's a long ass commute if you're living in the city. And we finally had this space open up in San Francisco. And we're basically told like, you don't need your manager's approval to work from the San Francisco office. Like if you want to work there, you can, which I think, you know, kind of like threw all the managers for a loop and they're like, what? Oh my God. Like I'm so used to everybody being here and I can see them. And so our kind of senior lead decided that she was going to try and set a rule where people had to be in the Mountain View office a certain amount of times per week. It just was not working out that way because it, I mean, once you have a taste of not doing a, you know, hour and a half, hour and 45 minute long commute and you can work just fine. We all know now we can work just fine from home, but you can work just fine from the San Francisco office. Like it's really hard to drag people's asses down there. So it just wasn't really working out. I was kind of like sometimes showing up down there just because I felt like I had to, but nobody was really meeting those like specific guidelines. And so one day we had a meeting and... It was one of the days where people were supposed to be down in Mountain View. So, and our team was distributed. Like there were also people in Seattle and New York as well. So it was just kind of like a silly rule. But I was down there in Mountain View and we hop on our video because again, our team is distributed. So to include everyone, we're hopping on video. And then somebody tuned in, one of my good friends tuned in from San Francisco. And the meeting hadn't started yet. People were still filtering in. And I was like, oh, hey, so-and-so like you're an SF. Oh, I'll miss you. I wish I was there too. And I guess one of the other managers heard that and thought that that was like so inappropriate of me to joke about wishing that I was in San Francisco instead of stupid fucking Mountain View. And she went and gave that feedback to my manager who then filtered it down to me. And again, it's like a game of telephone because what my manager said that I said based on what she heard was incorrect. She was like, oh, I heard that you were like really mopey. And like you said, like, oh yeah, I'm here in Mountain View. I was like, okay. I was joking. Like, I mean, nobody wants to be here. So I was just making light of the situation that somebody was up in San Francisco. Nobody wants to be here. It's so far. You're making us commute for an hour and 45 minutes when we truly don't even need to. So I was just kind of making light of it. And I really would have preferred if the other manager had just pinged me directly about it. I know that like managers can get kind of weird about that, but I, 
you know, she could have asked my manager, like, can I share this feedback directly with Elise? Because when it gets filtered down like that, it just feels like a bunch of bullshit. So that's something else that I wanted to talk about was like, think about how you want to receive feedback. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Another example of me receiving feedback at Google. So one thing that I learned through actually doing a class at Google called Search Inside Yourself was, you know, when you get that initial feedback, your body has a physical reaction. Like you might feel a pit in your stomach, your chest might get tight, you might get hot. Like for me, it's a pit in my stomach when I get any kind of negative feedback. And with this class, we kind of worked through like how to deal with that. And so one thing was, you know, not to take it so personally. Like it feels very, very personal because it's like, you did this, you didn't do that. But it's really not about like who you are as a person, like doesn't make you a bad person to be getting any kind of feedback or constructive criticism. So kind of separating yourself from that and thinking like, okay, what can I take from this? What can I learn from this? So a piece of feedback that I received during one of my performance reviews was that I wasn't being vocal enough in meetings and I really needed to position myself as more of a leader. And at first, my physical reaction was like, you know, like, what the hell? Like, I talk plenty and I only chime in when I have something valuable to say. I'm not like so-and-so on the team that opens his mouth every five seconds and everybody rolls their eyes because he's always got to put, you know, his input in there and repeat what other people said, but pretend it's like coming from him and he's the one with the great idea. Like, I just feel very strongly that I don't want to open my mouth and contribute unless I feel like it's actually contributing something. So that was my initial, you know, defensive reaction. And then I was like, okay, like, you know, take it, sit with it, think about it. Like, Are there some meetings where I'm maybe a little bit checked out because I don't care? Like, could I be more engaged? Could I prepare better and have like a couple of talking points in mind that, you know, hopefully I'll be able to hit an upcoming meeting if I'm not the one leading it? Like, are there actionable things that I can do? And of course there were. So I, you know, took that feedback, made some changes and it was all good. And, you know, it it really didn't, matter if my opinion was I talk plenty because it's all relative. Like, you know, according to my manager and the managers on our team that kind of sit together and talk about you and your performance reviews, I wasn't talking enough. So like, do I care about their perception of me? Do I want to play the game? And do I want to, you know, not give them something that they can write down as a piece of feedback during my next performance review so I can get a higher score on my perf? Yeah. So let me take this feedback and work with it and see what I can do here. Another thing that I think is, oh, I want to go back to thinking about how you like to receive feedback. So like I said, I really, really hated receiving feedback from a manager that was, it was like passed down to my manager and then to me. I way prefer just direct feedback like a normal fucking person. So I kept that in mind during situations where I had to give feedback. And so one other example 
was, oh, this one is, oh, it just hits me in the stomach. I had a huge event that was happening in a foreign country, and there was a more junior level person on the team who I was friends with. Like we, you know, we'd all go out for happy hour and stuff. He was helping out at this event and he fucked up. He fucked up in some major, major ways. He fucked up in during the planning leading up to the event and he super fucked up during the week of the event when we're on the ground at this Google office in a foreign country. I'm not going to go into the details because it's just... It's not my story to share, but a lot of things that happened where it was like, were you out partying? Were you with girls last night? Like what made you show up so late, miss all of these meetings, totally screw up this part of the event prep and for that to happen like a couple of days in a row. So basically he was in hot water with his you know, his manager and our our senior lead on the team because all of this was happening while I'm trying to prep for this large event. When we got back to San Francisco, I was told that I needed to write up a bunch of feedback about him and working with him and all of the things that had gone wrong and that I was supposed to write this up and deliver it to his manager so that she could tell him like everything he messed up on and give him that feedback. And ironically enough, this is the same manager that would like filter feedback through my manager instead of just contacting me directly. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. Like I will give him this feedback directly. I would prefer to do that because even though it's awkward, like it's even more awkward for me to send all of this over to his manager for him to then hear about through her. Like I would just much rather meet the situation head on because in the long run, I feel like it's going to be less damaging to our working relationship, to our friendship, if I'm just upfront and share that feedback directly. And so I told my manager this, I feel like I've said the word manager 20, 50 million times in this podcast. And it, God, it just, it's one of the things that I don't miss. <laughs> I don't miss having managers, man. I just, I'm not cut out to work for other people. So I told my manager this and she's like, well, let me talk to his manager about it and see if she's a, like, that's agreeable for her. So I'm like, great, you do that. And then she comes back and tells me like, okay, like she said, that's fine. Like you can deliver the feedback directly to him. I'm like, great because that's like the decent thing to do so let's let's go with that so I did I set up time for us to I, I just called it like a debrief from the event and I sat down with him and I started sharing like you know I really appreciated your help but there were several areas that I think could be really improved on and he immediately I mean because again we were friends so he immediately was like oh, this isn't an event debrief. This is like a specific like me debrief. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is because I, I got to share this feedback with you. And he was like, okay, like, let's do it. So to his credit, like he was like, okay, like lay it on me because he knew he knew that he fucked up. You know, that was not like a secret. And so I was able to just like share that feedback directly with him. I did have it all in a doc, which I did share with his manager and another lead from the team that was kind of like overseeing these events because you always want to document that kind of thing and just cover your ass when you work at a corporation like that. That's another thing I don't miss is CYA, cover your ass. Little did I know that this was actually kind of like feedback was being collected to fire him, which sucks, but 
you know, I think it would have sucked even more if it was just like, here's a dock of negative feedback that was handed over to his manager and not like, it's like, say it to my face, you know, like, just say it to my face. So that's all my like, Google feedback, like giving, receiving. Oh, I do have one more example of something that really, really impressed me. And I'm like, taking it as inspiration. So we had someone on the team who was pretty junior. She was an event coordinator and we worked together on an event and, you know, she, she was good. She was good at her job. And afterwards she asked to set up time with me specifically for me to share feedback with her about her performance in us working together. And there were a couple of like little snafus that could have been avoided, I think with like better planning. And so I did have some feedback to share. I probably wouldn't have shared that feedback with her if she hadn't opened the door in that way. And so one of them as an example was, you know, we're doing this big event and this woman is approaching us and she's she's a speaker, she's actually a director. And I was saying like, okay, can you get her, she needed something printed. Can you, can you give her whatever it is that's printed? And she was like, oh yeah, is that the admin? I'm like, oh my God, no, like she's a director. <laughs> like, So I shared feedback that like when we have, you know, people speaking at our events, like you need to look all of them up. Like, you know, there's not going to be more than like 10, like look them up, know who they are, know their titles. Like it's important to not kind of be caught in this like situation where you think like that's somebody's admin and actually that's like our speaker. And so there are just a couple of things that I was able to give her like actionable feedback on. And again, I probably wouldn't have if she hadn't asked me specifically for that feedback because it was nothing like catastrophic. Like this, you know, was a huge like boner move and like you need to fix it for next time. It was just like little things, but that's how you get better. And so I thought that was really ballsy of her and like confident of her to do that. And that's something that I keep in mind and I try to emulate. So I wanted to share that as an example because like people might have constructive criticism that can help you with your career, with honing your skills, but they just might not feel comfortable just randomly sharing it. So if you open the doors for that conversation, I just think that's so smart. I thought I thought that what she did was really, really smart. So now I kind of want to move into some examples from my where I am now in my career and my business that relate to feedback. I think that if you have an opportunity to hear feedback, even though it's hard and your immediate reaction can be to, to have your guard up and to be defensive, it's so freaking valuable. Like literally feedback is a gift. And an example of how feedback has really served me well is a few years ago, I had reached out to a tourism board because two of my blogger friends had worked with them. They were like, they're so great to work with. Like they'll definitely work with you. Like you've got a pretty big sized Instagram account. Like if they worked with us, they'll definitely work with you. They're so great. Like blah, blah, blah. So I reached out and, you know, pitched myself to work with them. And I got kind of a curt email back saying like, you know, we have certain things that we look for in an Instagram account and you don't meet the metrics that, that we're looking for. 
So, you know, thanks so much for reaching out. And then she was like, if you're interested, I'm happy to hop on the phone to share more feedback. And at first I was like, <gasps> like it hurt. It's, it's hard not to take that personally. In my line of business, like you have to have a thick skin because yeah, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea and you aren't going to meet everyone's metrics and expectations that they have. And that's just the way that it is. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or you suck at your job or what you do, or you have no influence or you don't have good content or whatever. These are all the things that like, you know, I would think that would pop into my head when someone's like, "Mm, you're not good enough. So at first I was like really bummed and had that kind of, you know, feeling of like wanting to protect myself. And I was like, no, I don't want to talk to you and hear all the reasons why you don't think I'm good enough. My account isn't good enough for you to work with me. But then I was like, I want to know, like, I want to hear her feedback because there might be things that I need to improve on or things that I can do differently. Like, I would like to know. So I was like, you know what, I'd actually really like to take you up on that offer and set up a phone call with you. And so we did. And basically what she shared with me was they were looking for Instagram. They had like changed how, because that was another thing. I was like, wait, but you worked with my other two friends and like, you know, I feel like my content is on par. Like, why don't you want to work with me? So one of the things that they shared with me was they were really changing how they did their influencer visits and their media visits. And so like what, you know, used to fly in the past wasn't going to fly now. And for Instagram, they were looking for accounts that had, I think, like 5 to 10% engagement, which is just not my account. I get around like 2% engagement, which is like fine. Like for industry standards, that's like pretty normal. It's nothing like, it's not bad, but it's nothing to like write home about. And that that's just not my truth. I just don't have 10% engagement. I could spend eight hours a day on Instagram engaging with other accounts to help boost mine, but I just, I don't, that's not where my priorities are. And so she told me like, yeah, we're really looking for like five to 10% engagement for Instagram. And you know, that's like really important to us. And we're also looking for like blogs that have, or I think maybe it was YouTube. And I was like, well, I don't have a YouTube channel. So I get why if YouTube is like a big emphasis for you, you know, for this quarter, I get why you wouldn't want to work with me because I don't have one. And then as we were wrapping up our call, I was like, well, you know, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to like share this feedback with me. If your priorities shift from like YouTube and Instagram to blog content at all. Like I have a really strong presence on Pinterest and my profile gets like millions of views a month and can drive a good amount of traffic. And she was like, actually, that is something we're interested in. Like, tell me more about that. And so I did. And so we actually ended up working together, which I had totally written it off based on that email. But she was like, yeah, tell me more about your Pinterest and your blog and your traffic. And so we ended up putting together a a media trip. It was great. Had so much fun. I ended up working with them on another occasion and I got paid. So this whole relationship over the last few years of three different media trips and moving into a paid relationship, none of that would have happened if I hadn't taken her up on her offer 
to hear her feedback over the phone, which sounds really scary. Like, yeah, let's hop on a phone call so you can ream me and like tell me about why I'm not good enough for you to work with. And I asked her later, like after we got to a more kind of like friendly relationship and had worked together for a couple of years, I asked like, yeah, how many people like when you, because I know you get inquiries every single day from bloggers asking to be hosted in your city, how many people actually take you up on that offer of hopping on the phone to discuss feedback? And she was like, you're literally the only one, which I was like, whoa, that is crazy to me. Like somebody that you're trying to work with tells you no, but tells you they have additional feedback that they're willing to share with you over the phone. Like, again, feedback is a gift. Like, take that and see what you can learn from it. What can you do differently? What can you change? Where can you, you know, it's helped me figure out kind of my priorities of like, okay, my Instagram, it's not my end all be all. Like a lot of brands want to work with me because of my Instagram, because Instagram is like, the sexy thing. But my blog, in my opinion, is like where it's at. It's like where I drive my traffic. It's where I generate the most amount of sales, like for my affiliate links. And I think that, you know, having that kind of shift in my mindset, like, I don't know, I I appreciate brands and like this tourism board that get it and get that. And they know like, yes, your Instagram is great. And like, your aesthetic is nice. You might not necessarily have the engagement that we're looking for if we were to like pay somebody for content, but your blog is off the hook and we're going to pay for that content. I wouldn't have gotten there with this tourism board if I saw that email about additional feedback over the phone and said like, "Mm, no thanks. Like, I don't want to hear that because it's scary and it's hard and like, I'm going to feel bad. So that is one example from my current career. And in terms of giving feedback in my current career, this is why I have been thinking about this topic recently, because I have been expanding my team and it's very exciting, but I hired a couple of contractors that were just not working out. So I had a bookkeeper and a virtual assistant and the virtual assistant was through a small agency and it just, we worked together for a couple of months and there were several things that just like were not jiving with me. Like her energy was off. She would just like, in like we're on Slack. So in, in the morning, instead of being like, hi there, you know, here's what's going on or whatever. She would just ping me like this brand said this, like I can't log into this. And it was just like, oh my God. Like every time you ping me, it's like, <gasps> like what, what's wrong? What do you want? What do you need? It was, it, you know, it just wasn't the right energy. So there's that, but mostly it was, it was some like serious things that just got messed up. So one of the tasks was that they helped me with was, um, uploading my sponsored Instagram stories and pushing those live. So for context, if you're not an influencer, when I work with a brand, nine times out of 10, they want to see the content as a draft before it goes live, even for Instagram stories. And so I record the videos, I download them, I put them in a Dropbox folder, then I have a Google Doc that's like, my text overlay. So like the captions that are going to go on that video and the hashtags and the unique swipe up link and tagging the brand and all that stuff. So that's all in that doc. My VA, once it was approved, would then take that information, upload the video on stories, add in all the right links and hashtags and, you know, hashtag ad and the branded hashtags and all that stuff, tag the brand. 
And so one day I noticed, well, the brand noticed that my story didn't include the swipe up link, which is like, hello, like this is what the brand is paying for, like to drive traffic. So that was really bad. And the brand was asking for me to like redo it. So like not only was that bad, but it created more work for me. So that sucked. Then I noticed that, so she did some Instagram engagement for me, which basically means like she's logged into my Instagram account and she's helping to like respond to comments and like to comment on other people's content to help like draw people back to my account and help increase my engagement and hopefully grow my followers. She had accidentally from my own account commented on my own photo, like, yes, girl, cute top. Where did you get it? Like I was talking to myself. It looked like I was talking to myself. I looked insane. So I obviously deleted it, but it had been up for a couple of hours before I noticed. So embarrassing. And I was like, what is going on? And so I messaged her about it and she was like, oh, I got really busy with like client, new client onboarding calls. And so I handed this task over to a different VA at the agency and like, this shouldn't have happened. Like, sorry. I mean, I just, I was like, okay, this is not working for me. Like, I need a one-to-one relationship with a VA that I know and that I trust and that I like. Like that's been a big lesson for me over the last year is like I have to like the people that I'm putting on my team and they have to produce amazing results. It can't be one or the other. They can't be producing amazing results, but I don't like them because they're an asshole and they can't be super nice and I like them, but they're not producing amazing results. It's got to be both. So I was like, okay, this has got to go. So I wrapped up my contract with this agency for virtual assistance and closed that account. And I was a little bit surprised that the founder, because it's, again, it's a small agency, like handful of people. I was a little surprised that the founder didn't ask for feedback. Like, why are you wrapping up working with us after just two months? You know, like ideally, if they were great, I would have kept them forever. So I'm like, I don't even know if she knew that these things were happening, that these, you know, like pretty egregious mistakes were happening. I did not love the like agency feel of it, of like my shit could get passed around from VA to VA versus like, I really just want like a one-to-one relationship. I wasn't loving the communication style. Like all of these little things, I'm not going to message her and, you know, email her and reach out and be like, here's all the stuff I didn't like. If she reached out to me even with just like a standard, you know, follow-up email or form, like then I would provide that feedback. I think what would have been even more helpful for her and her business is setting up like an exit interview, basically like an exit phone call, 10 minutes. It can be short and sweet. Like, Hey, you know, we'd love to hear more about why you're ending our working relationship. If there's anything that we could have done differently, I would love to just chat with you for 10 minutes on the phone. We can schedule it, you know, whenever's convenient for you. It could be when you're driving to an appointment, like whatever. We just want to hear from you. And I feel like really good businesses do that because there's gold in that feedback. Like there are things that you can do differently to maintain your clients and keep them happy. But especially if you're not a one woman show, like if you've got employees, you don't know everything that they're doing. You don't know everything that they are doing on like a day to day with your clients. And so asking for that feedback specifically, I just think would have really benefited them. So those are my thoughts on feedback. I feel like it's I got more confident in my ability to give feedback while I was at Google. 
and that has served me well. You know, I shared some feedback recently with a bookkeeper that I had hired. Also, that was not working out. There were like errors in the invoices. Again, the communication style wasn't happening for me. It would take me like almost an entire week to hear back. And I'm like, this is just not working for me. So I shared specific feedback and those things just didn't get fixed. Like errors kept happening on the invoice. The delay in the response time was still happening. And it was like, okay, I've shared that feedback. I've said my piece. And like, now we need to end our relationship because this is not working. And so I think that you really just learn through practicing giving that feedback and then reflecting on it. Like, how did that go? And, you know, it's awkward sometimes. And so it also can depend on the person receiving the feedback. Some people are just more kind of able to hear and accept and learn from feedback than others. And I think that a few things that have helped me when I'm giving feedback is to to prepare, like think about the points that you want to get across. Think about where you want to take the conversation and like your end goal and how you're going to present that information. Like use the shit sandwich method. Like this was great. You did a great job here. You know, I thought this, you know, could have improved by doing X, Y, Z. I know that you'll kill it on the next round and thank you again so much for your help. Like it's tough, but the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. And then on the flip side with receiving feedback, I mean, I don't want to repeat myself too much here, but it really is a freaking gift <laughs> to hear certain feedback that you that is actionable that you can take and incorporate into doing things differently. On a personal note, like sometimes Omid gives me feedback that's really hard to hear, but I'm like, you're right. Like that makes sense and I'm going to work on that. Like he'll give me feedback about like you're getting really worked up about XYZ and I don't actually love the energy and attitude coming from you about this right now. Like I think maybe you need to take a step back and at first I'm like don't tell me what to do, don't tell me to calm down blah blah, blah. but then I'm like okay, take a breath. What can I learn from what he's saying? Like if he's saying this, then maybe I am overreacting a little bit. Maybe I am getting a little bit too emotional about something that I could just let go a little bit. So again, it's not easy. It's hard. Giving and receiving feedback is hard, but they both are so valuable. So that's my piece on feedback. If you found value in this episode, if you are going to take some inspiration, give some feedback or receive feedback a little bit differently, I would love to hear from you how it goes. You can always message me on Instagram. I'm at WTFab or you can shoot me an email at elisawhatthefab.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you shared it on your stories, take a screenshot, tag me at WTFab. I um, would love to hear your thoughts. And again, be sure to subscribe to the podcast because we are, we're busting these out and there's more to come. So thanks so much for listening and we'll talk soon.